Holy and awesome God, for the gifts that you give to us, may we remember to give them back to you so that we, you may lead us into going into the world and sharing it with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And if it sounds a little different to you, this is from the message translation. The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God, in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without Him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The light of life light blazed out of darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. There once was a man, his name was John, sent by God, to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe in. John was not himself the light. He was there to show the way to the light. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was not there through him. The world was there through him. And yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and, who, and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves their child of God selves. These are the God-begotten, not blood-begotten, not flesh-begotten, not sex-begotten. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Again, welcome to Good Shepherd this morning. We want to thank everybody who's worshiping with us. And remember that everyone worshiping with us is part of the family. Whether you're online with us this morning or you're here in the house, whether you're wor- where you look at the live feed on Sunday or you watch it later on in the week, you're all part of the family here at Good Shepherd. Let's take a moment this morning to wave to each other and to, to our folks online to make that family connection. If you see new faces or if you see folks you don't recognize or folks who haven't been here in a while, introduce yourself. Give them a Good Shepherd United Methodist Church welcome. Please comment. If you're online, comment so that we know you're here. And if you're in the house, it's okay just to shout it out. I'm Pastor Regina. I'm looking forward to spending the next few minutes with you this morning. Today we continue looking at how we as disciples of Christ are called to live missionally. I hope you spent some time in the last few weeks pondering that statement of Jesus, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. I hope you've been a little bit convicted about how you too are being sent by God to live a missionally-minded life. We are discovering that as believers in the risen Christ, we are sent into the world to serve others and to build relationships with them. Sometimes we struggle with the differences between doing mission and living missionally. We must have a missional mindset which requires us to change the way we view mission 
in order to live missionally. Our Serving as Disciples sermon focus this summer is, is challenging us to become mission-minded and to do mission as a way of life rather than as a special project or a one-time encounter. Ultimately, we're learning that we are sent into this world to be missionaries in our own corner of the world, just as Jesus was sent to be a missionary. Today we'll ask ourselves some questions. How do we take on the persona of a sent person? Is it something that we do, or is it something that we are? Why do we need to take on this posture of sentness? Through our time together this morning, we, we hope to discover that when we are live as a sent people, others experience us and experience Jesus. Our desire is that folks we encounter in our daily lives will know we love and value them. I'm going to make some three statements about myself, and two statements will be true, and one statement will be false. You will have the opportunity to, to vote on each statement and its validity, but listen carefully. The first one, I'm the youngest grandchild on both sides of my family. I have one brother, one sister, two dogs, and a rabbit. I taught remedial math in Metro Public Schools. Now, we're going to rate, it's a true-false kind of thing. So the first one, I'm the youngest grandchild on both sides of my family. If it's true, raise your hand, and if it's false, keep them down. Okay. I have one brother, one, one sister, two dogs, and a rabbit. If it's true, raise hands. If not, keep them down. I taught remedial, secondly, or thirdly, I taught remedial math in Metro Public Schools. Okay. Now, how did you do? The first one is, is correct. The second one is false. The third one is correct. So, how did you do? Did anyone get all of them right? All right. I suspect that even though we've spent over a year together now, we could still learn more about each other and deepen our relationship. Now, if you were to play this game with neighbors, family, and friends, you would probably do a little bit better. Probably much better because you know these folks on a more intimate level and have shared experiences with these folks throughout your life. According to Pew Research, only 29% of American adults know some of their neighbors by name. And only 28% know any of them by name. When you hear these statistics, you can probably list reasons why. Most folks work long hours and have little time to socialize. We've become a nation addicted to our electronic devices some of us are spending time on them now. And we've forgotten how to have face-to-face conversations. We are fearful of one who might be living around us because they look and act and seem differently from us. We simply don't want to spend time getting to know someone else. And we probably don't have any of the same interests. Our neighbors have been intentionally placed in our midst for us to reveal to a a world of isolated and disconnected people, God's love for humanity. God intentionally sent Jesus into the world of chaos for that same reason. In our scripture reading today, Jesus' birth narrative, a reading of Jesus' birth narrative from John, 
John reminds us why God came to earth as a person. God wanted to live in our neighborhoods. John's gospel is different from all the other gospel-specific narratives because John doesn't want us to know what happened in Jesus' life. He wants us to realize that Jesus' incarnation means life for us. God became flesh, came to be with us as Jesus because God wanted to be as close to us as possible. One of my favorite translations uh, from John 14 is the one that I read this morning from the translation. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory of our, with, God, of, with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out from true form start, start to finish. I just love that line. The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I can remember as a child living in one of the first few houses that was built in our subdivision, anticipating the family that would move into these new houses. Would they have kids that were my age? Would these kids like to play outside? When would they move in? The anticipation was intriguing. It was fun to walk around these unfinished houses after the workers had left for the day and imagine who would live there and await the day when new friends would arrive. One family arrived with three kids, two around my age and one much younger. We became lifelong friends and we we spent many hours together playing and roaming the neighborhood like we owned the place. We were virtually inseparable and grew to love each other through our shared experience. That's probably how God felt when God sent Jesus into the neighborhood to know us and to love us and to transform us. John 14.1 illustrates the incarnational nature of Jesus' ministry. Incarnation literally means in the flesh. It signifies the pure act of love and humility when God decided to enter the earthly world for reconciliation of God and humanity. When God joined the world through the person of Jesus, God came to live among us. Folks, that is amazing and hard all at the same time. It's difficult to understand that the God of the universe loves us enough to move into our neighborhood and live among us. God in the form of Jesus, the man adopted an incarnational purpose and posture of sentness. Jesus was sent to the earth trading the comforts of heaven for the discomforts of earth. Moving from heaven to earth is a big deal, folks. Jesus was born in a barn, worked for his dad, dined with sinners, enjoyed company of outcasts, mourned the death of his cousin, sweated blood, and brutally murdered by his foes and his critics. His life was marred with discomfort and inconvenience, all for us. In the midst of this hardship, Jesus had one specific mission, to preach the gospel, die for our sins and rise again so that he could intercede for us. God desired for us to be sent into the world as Jesus was sent, living in relationship with others. When we live authentically with others, we don't just observe them, rather we live alongside them, participate in their traditions, eat what they eat, Find out what gifts they have to share. We read the Gospels, in the Gospels, many stories of Jesus 
and how he was sent to show love and compassion to those he met. He dined with the tax collector Zacchaeus, as well as other tax collectors. He offered forgiveness for their less than honest ways. If we search the scriptures looking for Jesus' behavior and practices and responses of the people Jesus encountered, we would find that Jesus met the people where they were, not expecting them to come to him. He offered honest feedback in their circumstances and demonstrated love, compassion, caring, and authentic relationship. Jesus fed people he met physically and spiritually, offering them food for their bodies and thought for their souls. Jesus met the needs of those he met through the healing of their bodies and their souls. Jesus offered those he met freedom from their oppression and forgiveness for their sins. Jesus did all these things because of his posture of sentness. A posture of sentness embodies unique qualities both in proximity and presence. Living in proximity simply means living closer to the people that God has sent us. It invites us to create time and space to be directly and actively engaged in the lives of the neighbors that we're trying to meet. If as a child I had simply wished for a family to occupy these houses being built in my neighborhood and I stayed in my house wishing they would come over, I would have never accomplished proximity. I had to ride my bike down the street and I had to meet them. I realize that this is a simple illustration, but too many times we as a church want to stay in our own buildings and hope folks come to meet us. We may offer programs and activities to attract our neighbors, but too often we fail to get out in the neighborhood and to go and connect with our neighbors. Living in presence doesn't always mean actual geographic relocation, but more of a behavioral modification. When after a few months my new friends moved to Rhode Island to join their dad on a naval base, we were no longer close in proximity. As a second grader from East Tennessee, I didn't even know where Rhode Island was. I just knew that my best friend was moving away. For a, for a time, we didn't see each other, but we kept in touch through our letters. When, when these friends moved back, after about three years, we picked up our friendship where we left off because we had been present with each other throughout the time we were away. Our goal as Christians is to change our way of thinking and act to reach the individuals God has sent us to serve. Proximity and presence ultimately means getting close enough to people to listen, to understand their hopes and dreams, and to come to like the, and love them as individuals. Presence follows proximity. Jesus connected with the advocate for whom he was sent. He built relationships with the people he encountered. He spoke with them. He got to know them on a personal level and spent quality time with them. We are called to do the same. When we live as sent people, we, like Jesus, want to live fully in the relationship and neighborhood with each other. When we have that heart for Christ, others experience us in a renewing and transformative way. We all have opportunities to be in proximity and to be present with those God sends our way. We have to be alert on these occasions, 
These challenges will vary depending on where we are and where we live and how we do that. We will ver- they will vary depending on where we work and how we spend our time. Our personalities and circumstances will affect how we attempt to be in proximity and in presence with others. Time and preconceived notions about our neighbors may also come into play with how we respond to these challenges. Sociologist Ray Oldenburg identifies three key places where we can make a difference. The first one is our home with people that whom we, we live, where we work or we spend the majority of our time. But then there are the settings that welcome consistent, voluntary, and informal gatherings of people, such as coffee shops, the YMCA, bookstores, farmers markets, and other such places. I will refer to these places as third places in our lives. These third places are lively, filled with conversation. The atmosphere is informal, even playful at times. Social and economic status is irrelevant for most part in these third places. There are places where folks come and go at will. They eat, they drink, they play, and are encouraged to linger and stay for a while. What are these third places? in our community? Why are these people drawn to these third places rather than church? These third places require and provide a stress-free, neutral place for reconnection, renewal, and relaxation. People put aside concerns and enjoy relationship and conversation beyond the space of home and work. As Christians, third places present an occasion for us to do life in proximity with others. Through that proximity, we will discover where God is already at work and join God in God's mission. I want each of you to do this week is to find a third place. Find it in our community. Attend to a third place at least one hour this week. Spend time observing and listening. Look for ways that this third place provides community and hope. Notice the atmosphere and the environment. Ask yourself, where do I see God at work in these third places? Let us now be challenged to become something that we think is nice, not be that place that we just think Sunday morning is a nice place to be. Let us not think about that. Let us, it is a great place to be, but let us not that, let that consume our thoughts. Let's think about where we are on Saturday night and Friday night and the rest of the week and how we can be that connection of others in that third place. Let us actually commit to doing what God is sending us to do. Let us pray this prayer together that's going to come up on the screen here in just a minute as a commitment that we will follow through with being sent into our community and insert your name in the place. Let us pray together out loud. Father, I pray that as we enter our third places, I, Regina, will see people and things from your perspective and be led to ways that I can be in proximity and presence. In Jesus' name, amen. May we remember that we can live alongside others in the flesh in the same way Jesus walks with us. 
When we live as a person sent by God, our relationship with others will transform lives. Let us set a goal of developing a new relationship with someone with the intention of learning about their hopes and their fears and valuing them. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are sent into the world to live in proximity and presence with the folks God sends your way. May we embrace a posture of sentness. As we come to the table this morning, as we're drawn to the presence of God at the meal that God has, has set for us, let us come asking God, who is that person that I need to meet in that third place? Where is that third place I need to go this week so that we can connect and begin an act of proximity and presence? Remember that we're all invited. We're all invited to this table. It's not Good Shepherd United Methodist Church's table. It's not the United Methodist table. But this is God's table and it is open to everyone. As we remember that night that, that Jesus sat with his friends, he was present with them. He was in proximity with them. But he knew that he was going away. He knew that they were going to need to learn proximity and presence for themselves. And he changed things up a little bit. When he, he, he got off script and he, he didn't do the regular Passover meal, he took bread and he broke that bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. When that supper was over, he took the last cup of blessing and he said, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Within these mighty acts, God wanted this to become an ordinary bread and wine infused by the Holy Spirit to live within us so that then we may go show God to others. Let us pray. Holy and awesome God, we give you thanks this day for this meal before us. We thank you for being present with us, to be present in these gifts of bread and juice, that they may become the body and blood of Christ, that we may become the outpouring of Christ to the world. Pour out your Spirit on us here, that we may feel your presence and know your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If those who are going to assist me this morning will come forward.
We will serve our intention this morning. You will take a piece of the bread, break it off, put it in the cup. The altar is open. We do have gluten-free options and uh, single-serving options available as well.
if I'm known. Let others see God in you. Go in peace.